episode of the Bird's Eye View podcast. My name is Zach Warden, and I'm here with my co-host, Jake Brannon. And this is a new podcast focused on the Toronto Blue Jays coming from myself and Jake. We will be attempting to record weekly and keeping up with everything Toronto Blue Jays under the hood, kind of get into some analytics, you know, break down the team, see how they're going throughout the 2023 season. As it is the first episode, I'll give a little background of myself before passing it over to Jake. My name is Zach Warden. I am a associate editor at Sportsnet and a contributor at Just Baseball Media. I am also a graduate of the postgraduate program at Centennial College, where Jake and I actually met and used to play for the University of Calgary and Centennial College. Enough about me, Jake. Why don't you inform the listeners a little bit about your background? Yeah, thanks so much, Zach. Super excited to get going, and I appreciate you inviting me onto this. And I, th- I think it's going to be great. I think like we're going to do great things here. Super excited to go. Um, yeah, obviously, my name's Jake. Uh, me and Zach met at Centennial, like you said, postgraduate sports journalism. Uh, originally, I went to the University of Guelph. Uh, I was kind of thinking more of the physiotherapy route, but changed my mind. Wanted to get into sports writing. Uh, and right now, I'll, I'm just doing some freelance work. I'm working with Sportsbook Review in Mansion Bet. Uh, they're both betting companies, which I kind of got into this year on the sports betting side. But I'm really interested in baseball and fantasy baseball. That's kind of that's kind of my thing. That's kind of why I joined the program at Centennial. Yeah, I think uh, down the road, maybe we'll incorporate a little bit of betting segments that I'll let you handle. Absolutely. Betting, yeah. Not exactly up my my alley, but we can uh, definitely look into getting some of that into some of that down down the road. So I guess, you know, enough about us. Let's dive into the Toronto Blue Jays, a very interesting team so far this year, a 25 and 18 team, but almost feels like they haven't quite played at that level. You know, I feel like they've had a lot of ups and downs for a team that's really been been a really good team. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you see the record and you're like, that's pretty solid. But just the way all the other teams have performed in the division, it kind of makes it seem not as good just seeing how good the Rays have played, how good Baltimore's played. Huge series coming up, obviously, with Baltimore. I think Baltimore's maybe playing a bit over their head. And yeah, I think I think the Jays, even though their record is is really solid, I think the expectations are still much higher. And I think I think that number one seed is definitely in play, even though the Rays have had this historic start to the year. I, I don't think it's out of the question that they can pass them for sure. Definitely a good time to start keeping up with the Blue Jays. But let's dive into the most recent bit of news kind of surrounding the team right now. Currently in the middle of a series with the New York Yankees. They are one and two looking for a split at the time of recording. But Chris Bassett, the hound on the mound, 27 straight scoreless innings, the third longest streak in franchise history. For me, you know, I obviously we've, talked about Bassett a little bit in the past Jake and I and I think Jake's a little bit higher than than I am on on Bassett and kind of what he's able to do but for for me kind of looking at Bassett like I mean you know he's a guy who's throwing seven pitches all of them are below average and he's just getting by by keeping hitters on their toes and not being able to to expect what's coming for you Jake what what's up with him kind of having this amazing turnaround after his his rough first couple starts in a, in a Blue Jays uniform yeah I think at the start you could just tell he wasn't comfortable he's a guy that likes to work slow I think the pitch clock really affected him so I, you saw in that second start with the Angels I remember at the start of the year 
he was just so uncomfortable at the start of it. He, he they ended up switching off pitch comp because it wasn't even working. He's a guy that that really needs pitch comp with the pitch clock because he throws so many pitches. It's just it's just not it's not realistic for the catcher to put down that many signs and have him shaking off. So yeah, he's he's a field guy. He's and it's not surprising that he got back on track. Honestly, he's been he's he's a veteran. He's been so solid throughout his career. He's a guy in the past that I really didn't believe in, but over the years, eventually you just have to believe in the guy because he's been so solid, so consistent, so consistently overperforming expectations based on expected ERA stats. I mean, there's really no reason to doubt him. And and he's obviously this this isn't going to last forever. This is the best we've seen Chris Bassett, I think. But I mean, going forward, I think he is a really solid pitcher and he's really saving the Jays staff with without some of the top guys have, have performed like Manoa. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's, that's a great point. He's, you know, been a savior for this team. You know, Manoa has been bad. I just safe to say that he's been bad. Gosman has been no, obviously, no other way. To yeah. He's yeah. just, just bad. <laughs> um, Gosman has been good. Like at the beginning of the year, he looked like he might contend for a Cy Young, but you know, kind of a little bit of a couple bad innings that really inflated the stats. So we'll, kind of wait and see mode with him and then Kikuchi Barrios do do you really trust them yet I know they've both been you know really good so far but you know I'm not sure I'm at the level of trust with them just yet I feel like maybe a few more starts and and we'll be able to kind of make some more judgments on on them but you know it's kind of similar to what Ross Stripling did last year kind of coming in and just providing like innings and getting guys out all the time and but at least with Bassett, you're getting more more innings out of him too, right? Like I mean, Stripling, you know, they had to build him up a little bit last year, so his starts were kind of in those five, four or five innings chunks. But from Bassett, you know, you're getting complete game shutouts, you're getting seven innings like every time out. It's it, it's really big for the team. Yeah, I think the comparison's great. I think I think skill wise, at stuff plus wise, I think they're probably pretty similar guys. It's just, yeah, you hit the nail on the head there, but see, he can pitch deeper into games. Stripling's a guy who's worked out of the pen. So obviously you need to build the innings up for him. But yeah, I mean, the rest of the rotation, I think Barrios, he's got hit around this year still, but the expected stats look great. So I still have some confidence in him at least being really solid as a middle of the rotation guy. Kikuchi, he's had good stats and the expected stats kind of are a little bit higher than what he's shown so far. He's probably around a four ERA guy, but really that's all the Jays need him to be. They just need him to not be that guy that's just getting blown up every time. They're kind of just throwing him out there, seeing what he's going to give them. The stuff always looks great, but he's just been an experiment for us for so long. But he's he's kind of settling into his own here and and I'm, I'm excited for him as a five starter, I think a four ERA from Kikuchi as a five starter. He's given us 3.9 right now. I think I think the Jays will take that all day, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, all the process stuff has looked really good for him too in terms of, you know, he's last year kind of struggled with the command and the location plus is way up this year. And he's just kind of seemed to look a little bit more comfortable this season, I would say. For Bassett, though, back to him, I, I, I'm wondering in your opinion, what does it look like when he kind of gets out of this super hot stretch? Because right now, you look at his like baseball savant page, whatever he, you know, his walk rate is way up from his career norm. His strike K rates kind of about the same, you know, like obviously he's limiting contact, but you know, with that walk rate, he still hasn't kind of had that command, which has almost been, you know, the pitcher that, that he, the successful guy that he's been the past few years. So 
obviously, you know, he's not going to keep throwing scoreless starts every time out, but to you, if that walk rate does normalize and, but then kind of some of the batted ball stuff goes the other way, do you think that this is kind of closer to what we can expect? Kind of that, that three RA guy, or are we going to kind of see him go back to being like a, a three, three guy? No, I, th- I think it's higher. Definitely. I think it's more, more mid threes for, for Bassett for sure. I mean, the walks, they don't look great on the season. It's definitely, definitely a bit skewed by some of the earlier starts. I think that in that angel start I mentioned, I think he walked five, which is just completely uncharacteristic for him. He's been a guy that's that's been around two walks per night, a little over two walks per night in his whole career. But yeah, like I mentioned before, he's a guy that's consistently outperformed these expected stats despite not having great strikeout rates, having good walk rates, but nothing nothing that pops off the page, nothing like like a Clayton Kershaw below two two walks per nine, right? So yeah, like for like if you look at his career numbers, he's 4.22 skill interactive ERA, and then he's 3.43 for ERA. And that's that's over a large sample. That's that's over 145 games, over 800 innings. So that's at, at that point, I'm I'm ready to say he's an outlier. I really do believe in those stats long term. I think they are are really solid. It's just sometimes you find these guys that that are unicorns and and Basit kind of fits that role. He's an odd guy. We talked about it before the podcast. He's He's just an odd guy through and through, and, and and the stats kind of reflect that as well. But yeah, back back to your point. I think three point oh five, what he's at right now, we shouldn't expect that for the rest of the year. That's if he's doing that, he's he's just getting lucky for the rest of the year, and and the Jays are are super happy, which is obviously possible. But I think the most likely scenario is is back in the mid threes, which which is still very good. Yeah, certainly a, f- a fun guy to watch pitch. Honestly, watching him pitch because he call- he's obviously he's calling his own game with Pitchcom, right? And it's it's yep. it's actually really fun to watch him work, even though you know he's not throwing ninety seven, ninety eight, and he's working in seven pitches. He's throwing sixty nine mile per hour curveballs. You know, it, I I I've pushed back on the you know it's nice to watch guys that know how to pitch kind of thing because obviously all if you're in the majors you're, you're you know how to pitch it's not just a, a throwing thing yeah but you know for him it, it really seems like he does a lot of his own lifting out there and his he's just out thinking hitters all the time which is is really fun to watch yeah I, I think it's great to watch i think it's a breath of fresh air obviously seeing guys like that in in new school baseball seeing some old school guys in new school baseball i think it's great obviously it's nice to watch these guys throw 100 miles per hour whip off nasty sliders as well everybody loves watching that i love watching that but it's nice to sprinkle in these guys here and there and and just kind of bring us back you know yeah absolutely and i mean for him his last two starts is you know against the braves going up against spencer strider and then yesterday going up against garrett cole and he's out pitching them both right so it's it's really nice to see guys being able to have success in different ways i think that's the the biggest thing i was at both of those games and just being able to you know see cole and strider going high velo like disgusting stuff and then bassett just i would say out pitching both of them just by throwing seven pitches because none of his pitches are elite and just being able to you know keep hitters off guard it's 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 a lot of fun no I, i it's funny i i remember looking at both those games for betting before and i remember just thinking like I, I don't bet against the Jays. It's kind of just my one rule. It's not fun. Like betting's supposed to be fun. It's it's not fun for me to bet against them. But I remember seeing Strider and then Cole, and I'm like, those those are both great spots. The odds look great, but I can't do it. And then I'm glad I didn't. Obviously, that's yeah. that's why that's why the rules in place for 
for stuff like this. Yeah, no, it's it's crazy. Obviously, the Jays didn't quite be like necessarily get to either of those guys. Like I think two runs against yep. against either of them. But I mean, when you got the hound on the mound keeping the other team scoreless, you just got to score yep. one run. So. Can't can't bet against Bassett, man. There's no, no, no way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on from Bassett here a little bit. We'll touch on the Yankees series. Obviously, we got the game four tonight, a chance to split. But, you know, so far, obviously a lot of drama in this series. And I think for both of us, we we realize that it's, to us, it's a non-story, right? Obviously, the, the judge, side eye, whatever, the, the managers arguing about where people are standing on the field. <laughs> like, I, I get it. I understand that, like, you don't want a first base coach being able to look into a, a pitcher's glove. But I, there, there's it. I don't know. I to, to me, it, it's it's nothing. I know to you, it's nothing. So let's let's just kind of skip past it. It's I agree. Yeah. It's it's a non-story, but yeah, we'll we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. So one thing that to me this series has kind of been like interesting to watch is is seeing Aaron Judge. Like, I mean, obviously he's always done well against the Jays and had you know good good career stats against Toronto and everything but it seems like you know through the first two games he was really e- easy to say you know he had three home runs in those two games but for you what what would kind of be the plan of attack against a guy like Judge for, like because I, I obviously a guy like that who struggles so much in the playoffs and seems like he gets exposed every postseason like I, I don't understand why the approach wouldn't be the same in the regular season I don't know if it's just kind of the intensity isn't there, you know, like Jay Jackson just flips him a slider right down the middle. Uh, who threw the one to him yesterday? Swanson throwing him the sliders down the middle. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, like obviously execution is different in the postseason and regular season, but, but for you, what is, what has kind of been, you know, the key to him, like having such a good series? Yeah. I mean, the way to attack him to go back to what you said there, I, I don't know if there's a true way to attack him. I think, I think the strategy is kind of just work around him, see if he'll chase, right. You don't want to give into a guy like that ever, especially with runners in scoring position. Right. And we, we saw that yesterday. They, they walked him in extra innings with a guy, guy on third. I, th- I think there was one, one or two outs. I can't remember, but, but yeah, I think, I think that's the perfect strategy just to, just to work around him throw him sliders out of the zone, see if he'll chase. You just you just can't give in to a guy like that. Obviously, if there's nobody on, you, you're gonna have to attack him eventually. But yeah, I, I think I think it's a lot of working around. He's he's their best player by far. They have like their offense isn't what it's been in the past. They have some good pieces. Rizzo's having a great season. Glaber's having a nice bounce back. DJ, he's he's kind of mid, but like DJ's their fourth best hitter right now. They have no Stanton. So I mean once you get past DJ in that four hole you're not looking at too much. Right. So I think, I think just working around those guys at the top and really attacking their, the bottom of the order is the key to beating the Yankees. They've, they've obviously had a disappointing start to the season just, but it's all bit injuries. I think, I think they are the best team in the division with everybody healthy. They're giving, getting Severino back, but right now is the time to, to beat up on, on them because they're, because they're hurt for sure. Yeah. Obviously down pitchers. Right. I, I think, the first series that the Jays had against the Yankees, I, I kind of thought, ah, eh, the you know, the Yankees don't really seem like they're gonna reach that that potential. But I think this series has kind of shown like as they start to get guys back, they'll they'll be they'll be there for sure. I think uh, I, it's it's a it's a weird team because you look at it and it's kind of like 
judge, like you mentioned, you know, judge and, and the rest of those guys there, but you know, they've, they've done a good job of really putting together a bunch of like quality supporting pieces. Like, I mean, Harrison Bader looks so yeah, good was, this series. It's, it's that's crazy. That's you mentioned yeah. for sure. B- Bader, because he plays such good defense. Uh, if he's giving you something with the bat, it's kind of, it's kind of carried over from the playoffs, right? He had that great playoff yeah. run last year that he's hurt to start the year and he comes back still, still hitting the lights out. So yeah, that's, that's massive for them. Got, yeah. They, they have, they have good pieces around those four guys. They have guys like him, Trevino who play good defense. So it's, it's a really solid team, but yeah, they need, they need to get guys healthy if they really, if they really want to make a run at it, but they're by no means out of it. They have the same amount of wins as the Jays right now. And, and that's why a game like tonight, is pretty big even even though we're so early in the season yeah i think you know you, you you can talk as much as you want about the al east being so good and having you know the red sox are in fifth place and would be first in the al central they would be crazy you know whatever they'd be third in the al west and it's crazy but you like you can talk about how good the al east is but you can't talk about it and then not go out and win your division games like you got to take care of business in your division and that's going to be kind of i feel like where the difference might be made this year is kind of how you play in division because you don't get that opportunity as much anymore, right? Like you lose six games against each team in your division. So now each game is worth just so much more, but um, just, just a quick note on hater 0.7 war in 15 games played for him so far this year. Wow. If you extend that out to a 150 game pace, not even 162, yeah, seven, more. seven. Wow. More. Yeah. yeah, yeah, almost at a win already through 15 games. That's yeah. half a month of baseball is is very impressive for sure. Yeah, he's definitely looking like a, a little win win trade there. The Bader Montgomery deal. Yeah, that's that's kind of how I saw it. What had happened as well, right? It was like okay, they could have used Montgomery. Like that's a really solid arm, but at the same time, Bader is like such an underrated player. He's been yeah. such an underrated baseball player for so long. Obviously, not a lot of people really know about him because the offense isn't there, but. As a real life baseball player, he he provides a ton of value. Yeah, well, we'll see how sustainable it is. I mean, he's you know yeah. outperforming his ex woba by like oh yeah the, seven, the seventy points or whatever. Around, right? Yeah, yeah, but, he's he's not walking at all. So we'll see, we'll see. But you know, like I mean, the defense is there, so he could probably be like a three four win player, definitely. Yeah, he's he's kind of like their Kevin Kiermaier, right? It's, yeah, it's 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 a, it's a similar play. Kiermaier has been great to start the year too. So crazy, hey, how that mm-hmm. happens yeah (laughs) um so let's let's just touch on danny jansen now two walk-offs in four games or whatever i think one thing that's been interesting about the jays overall offense has been you know at the beginning of the year it was the it was Bo, vladdy chapman varsho kind of had that like hot like six seven games open the year and then obviously has, has struggled since and but like literally nobody else was hitting until they got home and then Kiermaier kind of picked it up a little bit. But I think the biggest thing for me with their offense is that the catchers haven't really been giving them that much. So seeing, you know, Jansen come through two with two walk off hits this week, I think. Is there any direction that you're leaning in terms of of, of catching? Like I obviously Belt has turned himself around a little bit he's still striking out at a 40 percent clip which is not great but he you know his wrc plus is above the league average so that's probably what you were looking for when you signed him but obviously jansen and kirk both haven't really haven't brought it so far 
Yeah, I think the main thing at, at the start of the year, I was really, I was really confused why Kirk was not playing as much as he was. I think they're treating them both just as true catchers and not really DHing. I, I expected DH Kirk to DH when on the days he wasn't catching. I, I, I think the best thing going forward is to still do that, like have have Kirk in the lineup as much as possible just to get his back going, even though he hasn't been great. I think that's why he hasn't been great. I think it's because he hasn't been playing enough to really get going. And he he's a, he was an all star last year. He was batting four for us. He was he was carrying this team. Like he he was on base all the time. He's a guy that you need in the lineup, especially after trading trading guys like Teo and 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 Lourdes, Right? You lose those two bats. We need we can't also lose Kirk. I, I think he's a really important piece for us. I think getting Jano going recently has been been super encouraging too. Is I, I think he he needs to be in the lineup every day versus lefties and and belts should be in the lineup as well against righties because his belts look great. But I, I think getting Kirk in there as much as possible is is kind of the key to this team. Yeah. Obviously Kirk, you know, he's kind of he's rocking the 15% walk rate. He's he's still got still got a 356 OBP. Yeah, it's three, 350 OBP, even though but, the power hasn't been there. So yeah. yeah. I mean for him one thing that's kind of started to concern me, right? Like he he can't be a walk only player. He had, he had the double last night too, right? Which is which yeah. is nice to see. But I mean, if he's only get on base, getting on base by walking, you know, with his speed, it, it's it it limits your team, honestly. Like, I mean, it's it's nice to get the guy on base, but you know, like if if Kirk walks and then a guy hits a double, Kirk isn't scoring. No, that's that's you, you know, so he's running too, right? So right, it's, it's tough. Yeah, having having like such a bad base runner combined with a high walk rate like i mean it, it takes away a little bit of the value from the walk absolutely yeah so i mean i obviously you know love that he walks i if he just figures out the bat a little bit obviously the eye's still there so i think i think he'll be okay and and you're right just getting him back in there obviously he had the the late start to the spring and yeah. trying to figure out some new arms and all that so i'm sure that he'll he'll be there soon enough yeah, it's catchers are weird offensively, right? Because they have so much else to think about. It's like um, the offense almost comes secondary a lot. So it's it's difficult when you have a guy that could be one of your top hitters. It's it's hard for him because he, ha- he has so many other jobs. He has to focus on new pitchers, pitch sequencing. And then it's like, okay, I got to go up and hit too, right? So it's it's definitely difficult. But yeah, getting belt going recently has been, been huge for this team. I, th- I think even though the K rate's super high, I think if he can just match match right-handed pitching, doesn't ever need to see a lefty. I, th- I think that's valuable, and and yeah, getting Jano going, obviously with the two walk-offs has been has been huge. He's a really he's a guy that I've always loved. He's he's fun to watch. He he comes up in those big moments. He's had playoff homers. Like overall, you look at the stats and you're never really blown away. But plays good defense, comes up in big moments. It's a team guy. It's a guy you need. Yeah, I think I talked a lot about his barrel rate and being unsustainable last year at that 13.1%, but he's at 11.1 right now. And he's a streaky guy, right? That's, that's what he's all, he's a pull happy guy. He's, he's going to go through streaks where he, where he's going, he's barreling up balls to the, to the pull side. But yeah, he's going right now and then the Jays need to ride that and get him, get him in the lineup while while he's hot. Right. I think, I think that's a key too. Yeah. With, with obviously Vladdy probably missing. Yeah. The next couple of games, it'll, it'll, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see them in there and hopefully they, they figured out and i mean this is probably something that we get into on a later episode but i mean you know the, the, the state of the blue jays roster right now they have 10 players on the roster because you know b shows 
not giving you anything. Espinal's not giving you anything. Lucas yeah. not giving you anything. So I mean, you know, you realistically have ten guys for nine spots. So it's not really that hard to kind of kind of mix and match there. Yeah, there those guys that you mentioned are kind of just pinch runners at this point. Biggio has been pretty disappointing. It's it's always it's like like we said earlier. It's it's hard to get going when you're not playing. Being a bench guy is is not easy. It's it's one of the more difficult things in baseball. But I mean, you'd you'd like to get at least something. Having three zeros is is definitely tough. Yeah. Something to to look for, I'd say, down the stretch. And maybe it's Spencer Horwitz. Who knows? I don't I mean Yeah. But anybody again, <laughs> he's you, you know, like I mean, obviously he's uh, kind of same as belt. Like, I mean, a, a left handed first baseman, it's it's not really yeah you're not going to put him in there over belt so yeah I mean, at, at the start of the year i was pretty excited for auto right coming out yeah of, coming yeah. out of the wbc that looked like he, he'd be just the perfect utility guy to just have on, on the bench but yeah all those all those minor league guys barger too like they're struggling yeah, i it's yeah it's you it's, know it, it, it's it sucks but who knows what the answer is probably some kind of trade yeah, the, the trade deadline is going to be obviously that that's that's where you solve all your issues, right? You get get those depth pieces, get those get those bullpen arms that you need, but still yeah. still way ways away from looking at that. <laughs> and they definitely got some holes to fill, I would yeah. say. <laughs> Even if the starting nine is is pretty set, you know the 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 depth is going to be it's it's important. Depth. Yeah, it's bull, yeah. it's bullpen guys, it's it's role players. That's yeah. that's what they need to address. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right, well. Let's move on here to looking ahead a little bit. Let's look ahead to the Orioles series. We, you know, kind of Jake hinted at it a little bit earlier, how big of a series it is. The Orioles off to a great start as well. You know, 28 and 15. One of the best records in the league, the second best record in the league, actually. <laughs> so, but kind of interesting how they've gotten there. You know, they've gotten some really good bullpen work from their back three with Bautista Cano and, Brian Baker, obviously Cano being the, he's only given up four base runners in 21 innings and their pitching other than that has been mad. Like, I mean, Tyler Wells has been their best pitcher and he's kind of been way overperforming his peripherals a little bit. And then the offense has just been outstanding. I mean, they have like nine guys with a WRC plus above a hundred Ryan O'Hearn is like right there. And, and you know, some of the other guys are <laughs> banging on the door that 100 mark. So looking at coming into the series with the Orioles, like, I mean, what are what are you looking forward to seeing as as they come in? Yeah, I think, yeah, like you mentioned, it's a huge series. I think it's it's a, a series that we could easily take three games. I think that's definitely that's definitely in the cards just because how poor their pitching really is. I mean, the bullpens carry. They've they've had the best bullpen in the league, I think, to start the year with those with those three guys at the back. Obviously, Baker, a little bit overperforming his peripherals as well. But and and what like none of their starting pitchers have have been like Wells has been good, but he's another guy that's overperforming his peripherals. So we don't see him. We see Creamer, we see Grayson, and we see Gibson. So that's that's three guys right there. I'm I'm confident in the Jays winning all all three of those games. I think it's definitely possible. So I I think that's something they obviously they're aiming for that every series. But I think I think it's something that we really need to do. Really need to take three games from them. Yeah. Um. Gosman versus Creamer, Rodriguez versus Manoa, and Kikuchi against Gibson. So 
Yeah, the you first know, game's kind of the most concerning, I think, with Kikuchi, right? You but, think you think that one, or you think Manoa? Yeah, I, I guess because Manoa's been so bad. Yeah, I just I always look at it. And I'm like, yeah. okay, this is going to be the start. He turns it around. He's he's fine. But nothing nothing in the numbers really says he's fine, right? He's just yeah, he's just been bad. But Grayson's been bad too. Grayson has some some interesting peripherals. He he's been striking out a ton of ton of guys, walking a ton too. But he doesn't deserve to have a six point five seven ERA. I think he's much better than that, but. Yeah, I think with with how hard he's been getting hit and, and how good the Jays' offense is, I think I think we can hit Grayson around even if Manoa doesn't pitch amazing. I think that's that's definitely still a winnable game, right? Yeah, I, th- I to me, I think that's the most interesting game in the series. You know, you got two top prospect pitchers who have been struggling going at it in you know obviously the middle game of the series always always a big game, kind of deciding you know if you have a rubber match or if you're gonna have a, have somebody that wins it so you know to, to me that's the most interesting thing the Orioles offense like kind of what you're talked about is been going crazy Adley's been awesome I I love him man he's he's so, so good. good so fun to watch yep and Cedric kind of is maybe a little bit back after going down a little bit last year yeah o- overperforming Exploba a little bit but I mean he's a fast guy so that's kind of he's a guy that that can overperform expected stats just with the speed putting balls in play right so and he's valuable just because he steals i i don't think he plays amazing defense actually but but yeah he's he's a good player one thing that does concern me coming into the series is the orioles running game you know we all we all know about like the the 14 for 14 against the red sox to open the year but yeah you know teams have been running easily against the jays and you know the orioles are one of the best running teams in baseball. And I, I wouldn't be surprised to see them testing out Kirk and Jansen. I mean, have you been like, we talked about the catcher's offense a little bit, but the way that the pitchers have been holding guys on and just kind of the, the lack of ability to throw guys out with Jansen and Kirk, I mean, does that kind of con- concern you a little bit? Yeah, no, it, it definitely does. And it's something that's kind of came up this year just with the pitch clock, right? I mean, in the past, the running game's kind of really diffused. It's it's been almost non-existent. So catchers haven't really been able to worry about that. Like you, when you're talking about catcher defense, the past few years, you're not really talking about arm strength, pop time, like kind of those things that we grew up with. It's always it's it's framing. I mean, it's that that's the, the most important thing. But yeah, with the pitch clock coming into play, guys having to work faster, only getting a certain amount of pickoffs. Guys have been running more and and the bigger bases, obviously too. But yeah, it's it's becoming part of the game again, and and it's definitely it's definitely concerning having having a team that's that's so good at running against catchers that have struggled throwing guys out. I think I think they could really take advantage. It's something that they need to be really focusing on. I'm sure they are right now. I'm sure they're watching. What they have guys watching video replay. They're they're going to try to lock this down. But I mean, it's definitely concerning coming into the coming into the series. Yeah, it'll be it'll definitely be something to watch. I mean. Who who knows how it goes? I'd I'd be interested too, just to actually see the Jays take off a little bit more. You know, obviously all the talk. I mean, that they are top ten in stolen bases, but I, yeah, yeah. you know, that's kind of wit doing a lot of the carrying there, and, yeah, and all that. But you know, kind of coming into the year, you know, they were talking about being more aggressive and and all that, and it hasn't really felt that way. You know, <laughs> wit has twelve stolen bases this year out of the team's thirty four. So right. You know, I guess, it, yeah, Bo, Bo Kiermaier kind of making up the rest of that, I'm assuming. 
Bo only has one. Yeah. Varsho has six. Springer has Varsho six. Yeah. Okay. has got four. Vladdy's got two. Yeah. Yeah. Vlad Vlad needs to take it easy on the base pass. Yeah. <laughs> That's the, we're talking about guys running more. I'm all for that. Not, not, him. not him. He he thinks he's uh he thinks he's his dad at, at <laughs> <laughs> he needs to just hit the ball and go station to station. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just hit the ball over the wall, honestly. That's that's it. That's, yeah, that's, he's got one job, really. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think that is everything that we've got here for today. Do you want to drop a little series prediction for the Orioles series? Uh, I mean, obviously, I said sweep, but I'm not going to predict that. That's kind of hard to predict. I'll, I'll I'll go two one. Maybe, yeah, maybe the Jays drop tonight when the Manoa start, and definitely when the Gosman start. I think. Yeah, I'll I'll actually predict a sweep. I'll go sweep. I okay. think they 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 take it in three. The most concerning game is is the Manoa game, but you know, we'll see, we'll see. I'm sure we will have plenty of conversations about Manoa as the season unfolds here on the Bird's Eye View podcast. Thank you so much for joining us, and we hope that you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and listen to us throughout the rest of the season. 